Oh, hey there. Welcome to episode number 87 of the Red River Horror Podcast. Let me ask you something. Do you like doing stuff in October? <laughs> well, me too. We have a giveaway contest for tickets to the First Glance Film Festival opening night, October 14th. Eddie and I will be there to support our friend, Brooke Lewis Bellis, who is starring and produced Red Rooms. To enter, email us at redriverhorror at gmail.com and we will select a lucky winner. The First Glance Film Festival is being hosted at the Historic Colonial Theater in Phoenixville, PA. Coming up, Eddie is interviewing the creator and director of Red Rooms, Joshua Butler. So sit back, relax, and enjoy episode 87 of the Red River Horror Podcast. Red River Horror, episode number 87. I have a very special guest with me this week. And I'm going to fill you in on his background and what we're here to talk about today. But I just wanted to introduce Joshua Butler to the program. Joshua, welcome. Thank you, Eddie. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So, this is very exciting. A good friend uh, that we actually met through Indie Film, uh, as, as it would have it through the First Glance Film Festival all the way back in 2015, Brooke Lewis Bellis. So she reached out and said that she was releasing a limited web series called Red Rooms. And now this was a while ago. I can't even remember if this was a year or two years ago. I'm just like, oh, okay, cool. And then I haven't heard anything about it. And then boom, here you are. First Glance Film Festival is where it will debut this Red Rooms. Can you explain a little bit about this program, about this event? Yeah, well, um, Brooke came to me at... Uh, the very beginning of the pandemic, it was about a month after everything was locked down and said, you know, we have to figure out a new way to, to keep working because it was really just a bloodbath, um, no pun intended, for the for, for the film industry. Um, and we were all just kind of like climbing the walls and wanted to do something. And um, Brooke had several of her actor friends complaining about the same thing. So, you know, she was like, what can we do? Um you know, in, in a socially conscious way, <laughs> in, sure. a, in a socially distanced way. And um, I'm going to credit her with this because I don't know of any other project that did this because she came up with this idea of using Skype video and screen recorder, um, which I, you know, obviously had, I had a screen recorder on my computer, so I, I never much used it, but I suddenly, the light bulb went off in my head and I thought, oh, that's good. Um, that's a good reason to use this. And, um, the idea would be to Skype video actors, including Brooke, who would star in the project and, yeah. um, just be able to work with a story that, you know, I could direct via Skype video. She could produce via Skype video and we could just essentially do it from the comforts of our apartments and have the actors set up shots with their various devices, mostly iPhones. And then I could direct them, as I said, via Skype so that we could then, you know, have a kind of a virtual shoot, which at the time was like, you know, what the hell are we doing? Because we weren't sure if it was going to work. <laughs> but, um, you know, here we are, uh, you know, a couple of years later, and, and uh, we're very proud of what we came up with. It's a 63-minute web series, eight episodes uh, of about eight minutes each. And... Um, yeah, somehow we did this without even uh, being in the same room uh, with each other. Um, that was me, Brooke, and the five actors—well, um, four actors plus Brooke—that we that we were 
um, working with in, in, a, in a very scary time. And, uh, you know, horror seemed like the right medium to, uh, to approach the global uh, plague <laughs> that we were going through. So. <laughs> No, that's great. And we're speaking with Joshua Butler, writer and director of Red Rooms, mind you. And that's what I was going to ask. So so I guess you and Brooke kind of brainstormed what it would be about, and then you had to get to work. How long did this take to write? Well, um, Brooke had this um, another great idea, which was to, to discuss with the actors we were using what types of characters they wanted to play that they had never really gotten a chance to play because as as you well know Eddie I mean you know so many actors in this business um, end up becoming the sum of the parts that they are cast sure. to be in uh, you know or, or be part of they're they're the the idea of guiding one's career is is something that you lose <laughs> very quickly once you once you enter the Hollywood game so these 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 fine folks decided that they all had a kind of basic concept for the character they wanted to play in the film or the series and uh, and then that inspired um, me to um, sit down and and uh, you know under Brooks supervision just uh, come up with this this uh, this script that that we ended up um, you know shooting over the course of a week basically, Three wow. hours ish per actor uh, via Skype and screen recorder, and um, yeah, I got to just basically make this crazy, crazy, wonderful story that that I don't think could have been um, conceived outside of uh, a global pandemic. It just sort of felt like this was one of those great creative limitations that you run into in the you know micro budget horror game where you're like all right you know let's it's either we do this or we don't and let's do it so let's see what happens and here we are so um very very proud of it no that's that's very cool and what i guess went into the decision um did you always know that it was going to start on the festival circuit or did you i guess what were your plans if if it were up to you, Joshua, what would your plans be on uh, distributing this project? Well, I, I left that in Brooke's hands because she really wanted to uh, to work with the web series format, which neither of us had done before. Um, I mean, I had done a kind of a, a sort of pseudo web series um, before they knew what that was back in the late two thousands. But um, oh. but uh, otherwise, I've been you know working in TV and. And film and and um, but Brooke had some really great contacts in the uh, in the sort of emerging web space and we wanted to do something that was born out of the internet uh, stylistically and dramatically but also would land on the internet um, so we we decided internet was going to be our our release platform but uh, in the meantime it's it's nice to see it on the big screen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for sure. So I'm excited to see it at first glance um, uh, on on the on the screen there because you know it's like you you do this work in isolation and you're looking at your your tiny monitors. I'm sure a lot of other filmmakers can can relate. You know, and you're just like, well, okay, hopefully this plays big, and if it's loud and and you know magnified quite a bit, it'll still hold up. And uh, yeah, I've I've uh, I've I've got very uh, I got a lot of confidence that it's gonna it's gonna be uh, something worth looking at on a, on a big screen. So hopefully people will come out for it. For sure. And just a little background on um, what's what's happening. 
So uh, Joshua was speaking about the First Glance Film Festival, Philadelphia. I opened with it. Um, the Colonial Theater in Phoenixville. Great new venue for First Glance. It's going to be up there on the big screen. And it's kicking off. This is the crazy thing. Because Brooke actually told me before. Because one, th- one of the things I, I think it was... You know, like, Brooke was so accessible. Like, uh, during, like when we reached out for an interview a little while back. And... She was she was a little bit shocked. She's like, "Oh, you guys had a project at first glance." Like, yeah. She's like, "That's like not easy to do." So I felt like that made me feel. She's like, "Oh my gosh, I actually did something." You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, no, it's 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 great. I, I'm I, all I know about the Colonial Theater is what I've googled, but it looks like a really <laughs> really cool venue. Yep. So we are so we are actually the Red River Horror Team. Joe, me, uh, Steve Feast, our sponsor at Keystone Retro. Where if you put Red River. At checkout, you get 10% off, uh, keystoneretro.com. So Steve Feast, his wife. So me, my wife, Joe, his wife, Steve, his wife. And then our first winner on our first podcast winner of the two tickets, Dave. Congratulations. So he'll be with us. So anyway, the whole Red River Horror team is going to be there. Joshua Butler is going to be there. We're going to be at the Colonial Theater on October 14th, a Friday night. Um, I can't ask for anything better than kicking off a, a horror series in October, in Phoenixville, at at a his, the historic Colonial Theater, where the Blob was filmed, so pretty cool. Wow, I did not know that. Okay, yeah. all right, that, that that did not come up in my search. That's awesome. <laughs> so that's that's one of the cool things. It's it's like the perfect story. Like when 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 Brooke had said this was coming out, then I'm like, no freaking way. I'm like, that, I'm like, this is yeah. it. Just has the, all the. It's just the perfect uh, fall story uh here in the right. here, no, here in the middle that's exciting yeah i mean anywhere where they film the blob has got to be <laughs> a good venue to, to to shoot a movie or to show a movie in for sure <laughs> so uh so we'll be there joshua butler writer director of red rooms will be there now i've also found this interesting episode three is the one that we're going to see that night to kick off first glance uh just me not being as familiar, I guess, or as, you know, good as a filmmaker as you, <laughs> why, no. why, why three? Where do we, where do we, uh, why do we start with three? Well, we have eight episodes and, you know, if, if, um, festivals aren't running all of the eight episodes, you have to make a choice creatively what you want to reveal to an audience first and um, episode three was always Brooke's favorite. So, um, yeah, and there's something about it. I, I don't know. There's something, th- there's an interesting turn that happens at the beginning of it because I am a huge fan of telenovelas uh, for some, mm. some reason as well as, <laughs> as all, a lot of other um, uh, forms of art. But uh, there, there's, a, there's a kind of a telenovela-ish element to the beginning of it. And it was something that really... Um, worked in some strange way. I mean, you know, when you're in the middle of a pandemic and you're experimenting in the editing room, you're trying out various styles. And this this was an interesting way to begin the episode. And, and so I, I think it's very unique. And then, you know, the episode itself has a lot of really great kind of moments that that are, you know, very, very cool and very scary, but um, don't necessarily give away the whole plot so i think that's probably why we went with three um okay. you know it's like it's still strange because you, you want to start with one and go 
go from there. But um, yeah, it's 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 a new world where web series are being invited to film festivals, but not necessarily in their entirety. So mm-hmm. um, we have to kind of treat it like a, a sort of hybrid short film. Yeah. But but promise the audience that they're going to get a lot more. Um, <laughs> and in this case, prior to and after this particular episode. So. Yeah, no, don't worry. It's uh, Brooke knows this. So when I, I'm, I look, when I have filmmakers on the program, I always look to extract information that I don't have. From the- <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> of course, of course. So, so it's just like, I don't know how to do something or how to release something or whatever. So it's just like, so I got to learn, you know? Yeah, That's- no, it's, it, well, I, I, I just, myself learn too, Eddie. I just, I don't, I've never done a web series of this nature before. So I, you know, when, when the festivals tell you they want, you know, eight minutes of your project and you're like, oh, which 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 baby do I want to give them? You know, right. it's, it's it's always a difficult situation. But but Brooke, uh, Brooke helped me with this because she feels very strongly about episode three as being like a good taste of what we accomplished. So hopefully people will um, forgive us that they haven't seen one, two <laughs> and four or five, six, seven and eight yet. So but they will. They will soon. That's no, and that's that's what I'm excited about because, in that theater in October in the Mid Atlantic, a nice chill in the air, you know, maybe before or after, you know, a good heavy beer or something like yes, I'm yes. I'm <laughs> really looking to get in the mode, and and the thing is, if that's if that that's the one that's going to scare me and everything, it's just like then of course I'm going to seek out the rest, and that's that's what I want. I just can't wait for good. Well, we we hope we hope uh, other people in the audience feel that way. Because uh, we uh, we we obviously want people to see the whole thing, so yeah, absolutely. So if you can, uh, if you can talk to me about the cast a little bit. Oh my God, what an amazing cast! <laughs> an embarrassment of riches. Um, well, obviously Brooke um, Louis yep. Bellis, as 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 many people know, is a phenomenal actress that I've known personally for um, about fourteen years. We met on the horror circuit. Wow. I had a I had a film called Vlog that I had done for Twisted Pictures, um, which uh, is no longer with us, but uh, they produced the Saw films back in the day, and mm-hmm. um, Brooke had produced and starred in a movie called I Murders, and it was 2008, and we were both kind of on this, uh, the horror festival circuit, and because we were both kind of early cautionary tales, I say early, uh, you know, in terms of the, <laughs> the grand scheme of the internet, it was it was just just before Facebook and just after MySpace and YouTube, somewhere in that oh, range. Man. So yeah, we I look at it now and it looks like a period piece. Um, at least my film does. <laughs> I just look like oh my god, not even we didn't even have Facebook or Instagram or any of that. We just so so MySpace and YouTube were the were the were the places to go for your. Uh, internet cautionary tales and um we both had them and um we were programmed often in the same block because of that so we were like oh hey this is a really scary new technology where everybody's gonna have to hide their identities or else there's gonna be terrible things that happen and uh and then a few years later um it kind of flipped on its head and everyone was like hey i'm gonna just host everything in my life on (laughs) on uh social media and, you know, tell everybody where I'm going to dinner and what, uh, you know, what, what I'm wearing and where I'm, uh, you know, where I'm vacationing, etc. And, um, you know, we won't, we won't focus on the fact that that also inspired a lot of um, not-so-great people to break into people's homes when they knew they were out at dinner because of their Facebook posts. We won't necessarily go into that. But, 
you know, there were some scary elements even there, but, sure. but it seemed like even in the, in the 2000s, it was like super scary because, you know, people were, um, the stalkers had a new, uh, a new technology that they were playing with. So I think Brooks film and my film both addressed that. Um, anyway, that's, that's how we met and we've been, wow. we've been friends ever since and we've never actually done a project together until this one. So, um, you know, it took a pandemic for us to work together, go figure, but, um, <laughs> but I'm glad we did. I'm glad we did. And, and, and the joke is that this is actually like the 2022 version of a cautionary tale about the internet because it's, um, very, very much about the dark web, um, mm -hmm. which I, I spent a lot of time sort of going deep down that rabbit hole, at the beginning of the pandemic, I just, you know, was like, well, really, you know, let's, let's, yeah, I was like, let's, let's see oh. what's down there. Let's see what, let's see what the, cause it, the, the one figure that really shocked the hell out of me was like 96% of the internet is the dark web and it's not necessarily the dark net, which is what most people associate with the, you know, the crime that comes out of that little corner of, of the world. But, um, you know, like I always love the example, like if you log into your online banking account and it takes you to your uh, your balance, that web page is actually on the dark web because... No um, way. No, yeah, the definition is that no um, search engine can actually um, index that page. So if you think of it that way, a lot of the dark web is pretty benign. But then there's this, again, 5 to 10%, depending on who you read, you know, where they, they sort of say, okay, this is where all of the crime is happening, and this is where all of the, the deep, dark stuff that we know about, and all the FBI busts, and all the, the scary sh shit, if I can say that on your podcast, <laughs> sure. happens. You know, it's like, man, that's, it's, it's there. Um, but what I wanted to capture in Red Rooms was the fact that these are not very graphic design intensive people you know they're they're not trying to make pretty websites they're not trying to um you know dazzle you with their functionality um you know and as someone who has designed websites it's you know it's like i i look at that and i go wow it's really hard to navigate you know once you download your tor browser and and go on a vpn and just start trolling around it's like it's not easy to get around so which is why i think it scares most people off um but if you can navigate it there's some there's some really uh sick stuff out there and i always say you know there's nothing scarier than real life so um red rooms kind of is a concept that i discovered on the dark web where people uh basically are abducted usually this happened uh when it happened in real life it happened in like eastern europe and and wow. places around the world where people are abducted and put into a room that they just you know throw a red light on it's you know not <laughs> it's not not uh rocket science but they, so you've seen and that then, and you... then they actually yeah they actually um oh my inspire I guess, uh, you know, whoever's watching um, to, you know, throw up some cryptocurrency and join and, and start streaming. And what struck me was that once these, these anonymous viewers were watching, they could actually collaborate and vote on what would happen to the poor victim in the room. So it was like this interactive torture thing that 
again, just was super scary to me. And, and so I thought, well, you know, what, what if, what if we did a, a project about, you know, five people who were abducted and put in different rooms around the world. And, and that, that was, that was a concept that actually we could, we could do, um, in the middle of COVID, you know, via Skype video and screen recorder, because, you know, essentially it's like, you know, we didn't have the gore, um, necessarily, sure. which was kind of a, uh, an interesting limitation for me. Um, but we did have the psychological element and the psychological torture. And then I, I had visual effects at my disposal so I could do some scary stuff with, you know, who was off screen and what was ultimately potentially going to be the demise of these people. So, um, yeah, so it was it was a great experiment, and uh, you know, born out of again something very very scary and very real. Oh my gosh! So I just I didn't mean to bury the lead here. I should have started with this. Uh, red rooms. I can read the synopsis here, right? For listeners. Sure, that... Yeah, go ahead. Perfect. <laughs> I, I think I blew it for you because I think I told you all you about it. But, but oh no! I, I do I, I do like the synopsis, so so feel free to encapsulate no, it. <laughs> no, because I have I have some more pressing questions on what you had said. But just to uh, not to bury the lead here, but here we go. Synopsis of um, Red Rooms. In the darkest corners of the dark net, there are terrifying places where the abducted are held captive, psychologically tortured, and live streamed. Victims are given the chance to escape if they agree to confess their worst sins to the world, preserving them online for eternity. Paid subscribers watch, listen, and vote on who has committed the evilest crimes against humanity. The winner lives, the losers die. These are the infamous Red Rooms, and this terrifying new web series invites you to take part in this diabolical dark web reality show, where nothing is what it streams to be. Now, my question is, so you said something... Um, when you started that, so you said the dark web and the dark net, the dark net is in your, um, is in the synopsis for this, for, uh, red um, rooms. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's an interesting thing. A lot of people use those terms interchangeably. Okay. Got um, it. So, uh, but te- technically speaking, um, the dark web, as I, as I mentioned, is like 96% of the internet mm-hmm. where, you know, your, your online banking information lives. Um, yeah. and five, again, it's, it's various, um, various projections, but five to 10% of the dark web is the dark net where, um, you know, where okay, people you did... have illegal activities going on in terms of illegal drug, uh, drug marketplaces. And, you know, obviously there was a huge child pornography ring that was busted, yeah. um, on the dark net and, and, uh, there was just, you know, basically anything um one can imagine uh that's for sale on this planet right now is 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 available um the problem of course for people in the cautionary tale is that you know you have no idea who you're buying from and you have no idea you know when and if the government is actually going to you know to bust you so (laughs) you know it's like i'm not condoning illegal activity in any way but the the idea that you can go and and survey what people are doing in the dark net um, and that that in and of itself is illegal activity. So um, it's like it's like watching um, you know a, a horrible um, as I turned it into a reality show. But sure. it's really it's really more of like a web point web one marketplace where people are just like just trying to make a buck. 
and doing it in a, in a very uh, low lo-fi way. So, um, but again, lo-fi is scary to me, and so I, I, I tried to keep a little lo-fi vibe going in the in the in the project. And of course, the limitations that we had shooting it helped, you know, kind of make that possible. But um, it still looks really pretty. <laughs> there's something nice yeah. about the color red, and there's something nice about uh, the red aesthetic. I, I've always I've always enjoyed. So um, <laughs> so hopefully it's 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 actually look, you know nice to look at as well. Yeah. No, the color red's Red River Horror's favorite color. So. Oh, there you go, Red River. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're both in the same boat there. Yeah, exactly. Red is. You know, any horror fan should should uh, have red as their favorite color, uh, <laughs> as as far as I'm concerned. You know, it's it's a great color. But that's but so I just I I have to press on this a little bit. So have you actually witnessed like something like this red room, like for real? Like you've actually been there on the dark web and seen something that resembles what Red Rooms is going to portray? Um. Yes. Yes. I know. I mean, I have. I haven't seen it live, but I've seen archived video from this type of of uh, activity, and also wow. um, there's been an. I, I, and I won't go. <laughs> I won't say that I predicted it because I didn't. I just was sort of um, extrapolating back in the day in 2008 when I wrote and directed vlog. I was like thinking, okay, what's the worst thing that can happen? <laughs> and the idea. I came up with was well, you know, people are going to end up filming themselves killing them, killing other people, and um, sadly, that's that's um, a very common thing on the dark net that you will find. You know, you'll find um, there's a I don't know if anybody has seen the the um, Netflix documentary. I don't know any if you've seen it. It's called Don't Fuck with Cats. It's great. If you haven't no. seen it, you should watch it. Yeah. It's about a serial killer um, that basically became the target of like a whole lot of of regular citizens who essentially took him down ultimately because he posted the worst thing you could post on on the uh, the the clear net, which is um, horrible horrible videos of of like cats being tortured and killed, um, and yet he then um, stepped it up to this this gentleman Luca Bignata. I don't necessarily want to give him airtime, but sure, sure. a Canadian serial killer who ended up going from uh, cats to people and his yeah. most infamous killing um, that put him in jail for the rest of his life um, is is something that he he did as a sort of really fucked up homage to basic instinct. Um, wow. so he, you know, with ice pick and everything. So it's, it's not, it's something you can't unsee. So I don't recommend people go seek it out, but, sure, um, sure. but that Netflix documentary is really good because it, it shows you just enough to get the idea, but doesn't show you enough to where you have nightmares. So, yeah. um, but it's a fascinating story and, and it's, and it's really, again, just like, you know, the, the, the scary real life, like in the last few years, we've just, as a, as a world, we've we've gone into some seriously scary territory, and uh, you know just the availability of technology to to um, record whatever you know horrific acts um, people commit. It's just it's it's amazing how how much video evidence there is now of just just things that we only saw in slasher movies years ago. Yeah. You know, it's it's just become a kind of a fad to, you know, whether it's a body cam 
or a GoPro or, you know, setting up, you know, your iPhone on a tripod in the corner. It's just like, there's people just, um, people are just trying to document, you know, their, their lives in every way they can. And some of it, some of it's really, 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 uh, nightmare inducing. So, wow. No, I mean, I didn't mean to get, you know, heavy with everything. It's just, I mean... No, the... it is heavy, man. It's, it's yeah. totally heavy. It's, it's no. really heavy. It's like you can't, this is, this is you, can't, you can't make a joke about it. It's not like, sure. you know, it's not like the great, um, you know, comedy horror that right. films that we, we know and love. This is, this, is some, this is some dark shit. So, you know. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and Red Rooms is no exception. Anyway, I, I think this is all me not answering your question about the actors so let me go back to that um, so <laughs> <Brooke> <laughs> i don't know how i got off on this tangent but brooke uh we know brooke she's you know yeah. amazing um but what i always felt with brooke she was in an amazing short film called sprinkles a few years ago and i saw how good an actress she was um beyond you know the the horror stuff that she's done and i just wanted to kind of capture that side of her on on film so i think that's what we did with red rooms it's 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 horror but it's also like a very grounded piece and everyone is playing the characters for real and so we had um noah blake um another phenomenal actor um robert blake's son um who's been in has has a terrific career in his own right we have um ricky dean logan um another Cult horror fave and um, uh, Suze Lanier, who was in the original Hills of Eyes, um, the Wes Craven uh, classic, and um, my friend David Alpay, who I directed in a TV show called The Vampire Diaries um, back about seven or eight years ago. So um, yeah, so the five of them, and and we we all just discussed what what we wanted to do with their characters and how we wanted them to um, you know develop. And, uh, yeah, it was a very collaborative effort and I just, it was, it was so much fun and in the middle of such a terrible time. So, <laughs> no, that's great. So, uh, red rooms coming out. So, uh, yeah, I guess that's, that's the final question where, so we're going to be the whole red river Heart team is going to be there October 14th to kick awesome. off first glance film festival. Uh, we're really excited about that. It's been a little while, obviously, since the whole pandemic. I have haven't been to the first glance film festival. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, uh, no, I, I can imagine. I don't even. Yeah, did they did they did they hold it anyway, or did they uh, did take a few years off? Not sure. I, if I had to guess, the way Philly and Pennsylvania, the the way that this whole section of the world was during COVID, I can't imagine they did it the last two years. Yeah. No, I, I get it. It's, it's been. <laughs> yeah it's been crazy man but uh but it's good it's good to be back uh back in back in the theater <laughs> yeah i, I so, missed i missed my popcorn and coke <laughs> i must say so that's the big premiere october 14th so i guess that'll be my final question what can we expect so we're gonna see episode three to kick off the entire fest we're really excited about that uh when can we expect and when and where can we expect to see the rest of it well, Brooke is uh, Brooke is still waiting on the actual drop date. Um, okay. We are we are we are going to be on all streaming platforms um, very quick, very soon. Uh, okay. I, I hope. Um, ideally, they're going to drop us before Halloween, which would ideally be before the end of the month. Oh wow! But, um, but there's just such a, an amazing backup of content that our distributor is like, you know, 
yo, yo, hold tight, you know. Yeah. Like we, we got a lot. We got a lot of people on the on the deck. So sure. Um, but <laughs> you know, I mean, we're we're both we're both Book and I are hoping this will get out before the end of the year. So let's nice. let's hold on to that until otherwise indicated. No, that's <laughs> no, that's perfect. And and the thing is, that's what I forget because I if you go back and listen to um the episode we interviewed Brooke, I was asking like a million questions. I can't imagine the listener by the end was like, okay, Ed, like, have you got all the questions out about? Cause I, I just, the distribution process is so fascinating to me. Like I, I truly just don't understand it, but I know it's, yeah, I know. And it's, and it's, it's totally shifted and changed. And, um, the, the great news is that, you know, Brooke who, um, starred at, and produced Red Rooms, you know, she, she just, she's been, you know, working her ass off just like <laughs> trying to figure out how this business is shifting and yeah and it is so different from when we first met 14 years ago it's just become a totally new uh, uh set of rules in terms of distribution obviously because of streaming and the death of uh network television and the <laughs> uh and the kind of you know um i don't want to say the death of cinema but you know it's 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 been it's been a tough few years because you kind of have more of a, a gap between um, the low budget, micro budget horror that we know and love, and the three hundred, four hundred million dollar, you know, superhero movies that maybe yeah. we also know and love. <laughs> so you know, it's just, it's just, it's hard to make a, a project in the middle of those two extremes at this point. So yep. you know, so you've got to be clever about how you distribute your projects and how you find an audience for your projects because it's a, uh, it's a big sea of content out there. All right, Joshua Butler, writer, director. Uh, if I'm missing a credit, I'm sorry. I'm sure there's no, something. Fine. Up. No, that's fine. I'll take writer director. Yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> I worked on, uh, you know, Brooke and I did like 42 jobs each on this project, but but <laughs> but no, I, I, uh, I, I, I'm most proud of, of of writing and directing this, and uh, I'm excited to hear what people think about it. No, I appreciate your time tonight. So Red Rooms coming to you October 14th. The whole Red River Horror team will be there with Joshua Butler. We're going to screen it live. We'll get to walk on a red carpet finally for the first time in over two years. It's going to be a Yay. lot of fun. Uh, Joshua, thanks so much for spending some time tonight. I appreciate it. Thanks, Eddie. Yeah, you you guys do great work and been a longtime fan. So thank you so much for uh, for having me. And um, and I'm sure Brooke would, would say the same. So, you know, we're, we're excited to... Uh, to, to see you live or I'm probably <laughs> live for sure yeah alright sounds good and thank you Red Rooms catch it okay I'm back this is Joe Zakreski I hope you enjoyed Eddie's interview with director creator of Red Rooms Joshua Butler remember send us an email redriverhorror at gmail.com if you want to enter to win tickets for the First Glance Film Festival October 14th at the Colonial Theater in Phoenixville and remember, as always, to keep traveling those channels of fear. Fear.